Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Liberty and the Law, the podcast series that examines the critical elements of a strong legal defense in criminal cases. Join respected attorney James Dore for this lively discussion on the rights of criminal defendants and the important role defense attorneys play in our legal system. Well, we've got, uh, we've got one of those things that, as often happens here, um, we, uh, we kind of reach into the headlines to find some of our topics on liberty and the law. And uh, we're going to do that today, uh, but I think we're going to kind of look for a little direction and perhaps uh, some assistance as we try and sort through what maybe those headlines really mean. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell. And uh, so much of what we see and uh, read about in the news right now refers back in many ways to the U.S. Constitution and people trying to, uh, oh, maybe uh, call out certain aspects of it and identify certain aspects of it for their own benefit. But uh, we're going to learn a little bit more about what really takes place and surrounds that document. Joining me, of course, is uh, Attorney James Dore of Lavelle Law. And uh, James is here uh, on a regular basis to talk about this document and other things related to the uh, justice system. And um, James, I think this one, <laughs> this one is really going to be uh, a kind of fun one for us to handle today, isn't it? I, yeah, I enjoy these kind of discussions, Jim, and uh, so it's good to be back on, and I think we have uh, some fun stuff to, to talk about here. Good. Good. So, um, you know, let's let's start w- with the document itself. Um, you know, it was written, uh, we, all, we all know the, sort of the history of it, but uh, this really becomes uh, the framework for, for many of our laws, and it's, it's sort of the basis for so much of what we do in, in the judicial system, isn't it? It is correct. That, that is the foundation. It is the, the, the framework upon which all else uh, is built, the foundation upon which everything is built. So that constitutional framework, um, it applies to the states. It, it protects individuals and in, in our freedoms, our civil liberties. And uh, it's, it's quite a powerful document and uh, kind of uh, uh, sends a, a, a signal um, as to the importance of the individual, and uh, it, it's really quite a remarkable document. Uh, I, I don't know where to, where to begin, Jim, but it, <laughs> well, it's let's, really let's remarkable, and, I mean, and all the everyday things it touches upon. Yeah, <clears throat> so let's let's talk about it because it it, it is there, there's two ways to look at it. I think that we can dig into a little bit today. The first is, you know, how it creates sort of a basis for the law and the things that you do in, in your daily work when you walk into a courtroom, and then. As you say, just the things that sort of touch us, you know, in, in our everyday lives and, and sort of some of the things that are sort of established in that. Um, you go into court on a regular basis. You, uh, you work as a defense attorney. Tell me about some of the things that you draw from, from the Constitution in, in working in the courtroom, some of the things that are provided in terms of rights to protect uh, people in our sure. justice system. Well, sure. And, and I think people are used to hearing about certain rights that we all have, so rights of the accused. And the, and the Constitution and Bill of Rights in particular points out or spells out these rights, these bare minimums 
that, that as a citizen you're entitled to these these protections okay and in under that kind of that realm of rights of the accused these are the things that I would experience on a daily basis in the criminal courts so you know this, uh, the process we're entitled to um, trials and trials are mm -hmm. you know protected under the Sixth Amendment and other provisions but we have a right to a speedy trial, right to a public trial, and right to a jury trial. They're all spelled out that these are, are, are guaranteed and that you have a right to remain silent, not to be compelled to be a witness against yourself. So there's certain fundamental fairness principles that are spelled out in the Constitution that need to be complied with. Um, other things and, we've touched upon in the past, Jim, search and seizure law. Go ahead, Jim. I'm sorry. Well, I, I just want to refer back because, because of what you just mentioned, and, and we had a discussion earlier as we were preparing for this podcast, and you, you spun a phrase that I liked a lot when, when talking about the Constitution providing protection for the accused. And if I, if I got it right, I think you said that the process can be punishment um, if, if not done right. And what, what did you mean by that? Well, sometimes the process can be the punishment. Somebody who's otherwise innocent of a crime still has to go through the process of defending oneself. So we have these protections, these guarantees that ensure that a process will be fair, but it's still a heck of a process where, you know, a person still has to uh, you know, obtain a lawyer. If they're, if they're not indigent, they have to pay for their own lawyer. Um, and they have to, um, you know, maybe face a grand jury process if, it's, if you're looking at uh, uh, you know, indictments that way. And then in, in at the trial itself or, or at the hearing process in trials, we have these rights that are guaranteed. So the, the accused, it doesn't say the guilty shall have these rights. It's the accused. Mm -hmm. So that's, it's protections for those of us that are innocent. And that's the key. You know, we're presumed innocent under the law. And these protections are there to guarantee that somebody who's an innocent person who's accused of a crime can defend oneself and is not put in that position where they you know, where they have, where they're, um, you know, compelled to defend themselves, but the process itself provides those protections. And and your job is is never easy, but uh, I have to imagine that having those protections spelled out and putting some burden on the on the prosecution to to prove guilt, um, those are important things for you to to build your case around and to always. You know, represent as you as you go into the courtroom to uh, to ensure that those things that are, are called for are, are upheld. That's some, something fair, like say uh, that uh, the police need to have a warrant before they can come into your house. I think most people would agree to that. So if there's evidence of wrongdoing, that's fine. Go see a judge first, but you have to do that. You can't just walk into somebody's house. That's fairness of the process. And the same thing with the trial. You know, the, you're entitled to carry that presumption of innocence throughout the trial and a prosecutor has to prove you guilty beyond a reasonable doubt you know that's something else that you know they bear the burden of proving guilt and and those are valuable considerations to protect you know, the individual one 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 sovereign individual to protect that from that person from the power the overreaching power of the government and and i want to talk about the uh the process around the constitution here in just a minute but um as we talk about various protections, many of them, um, you know, come up frequently in our discussions. Uh, search and seizure, as you as you mentioned, there's also other things that that are spelled out in here that maybe you don't encounter on a regular basis. But whether it's you know rights to worship or right to a peaceful assembly and protest, um, perhaps you don't see those a lot. But boy, if you look in 
headlines and what happens in other countries, uh, you see the significance of this document and what it really provides for. The things that we take for granted on an individual, we take on a daily basis that affect our our freedoms. I mean, these these things, you know, we, we, we vote. We can vote on a regular basis. There's elections coming around every two, four years, and, and plus local ones that happen more frequently. We're, we're given the opportunity to vote, and we don't have to vote. You know, it's, we're not compelled to. We have a freedom to vote or not to vote. I think that's, that's important, you know. Um, yeah, free yeah. speech. We have the right to, to say and write what we think. You know, that there's, there's uh, many parts of the world where you cannot do that. If you criticize the sovereign leader, you could find yourself in prison. Um, it doesn't sure. happen here. People are on the street uh, you, saying uh, very nasty things about elected public officials, and they're not getting taken off the street. And they're criticizing, uh, you know, from one end of the spectrum to the other, the politicians sure. are criticized and getting locked up for it. So that is what the value of free speech is. We can say and do what we want. There's a kind of a release valve there because if we can't mm-hmm. say what we want to say, if we don't have that option to to speak out loud and debate, you know, it, it, then what's what's left? Violent means. So it's it's an important step that people can express themselves. Well, some important things I want to get to today, and it you know, I, it's funny in, in talking about this. It seems like a long time ago. Some of us were preparing to you know take the Constitution exam in high school, and you know probably the last time a lot of us have studied the importance of that document, so we're doing a quick refresher today with Lavelle Law, Attorney James Dore. Uh, if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you should be familiar with James's work. If not, uh, go ahead and swing over to LavelleLaw.com uh, when this discussion ends, and, and you'll get uh, his profile, his background, as well as articles, videos, uh, podcasts, a great collection there. Um, Absolutely. We have a great website, and I encourage the people to look at that, and then the other attorneys here as well have some excellent articles and podcasts full of content. You're right about that on a number of different legal topics, um, many of them timely. Um, many of them, as, as we're talking about today, rooted deeply in, in law that goes back many years, hundreds of years in, in the case of the Constitution. And that's a great point because some people say, well, that document's so old, you know, it can't be relevant. But in that document is the amendment process, which really defeats the argument that because we can provide updates whenever we want. I mean, that's a critical part of, of the Constitution is the ability to change it. That the founders knew that they were human. They knew that they weren't angels. So they thought sure. this process, it needs to be a process in order to amend the Constitution. Um, and, it, and it's built in. I mean, and, and there's a couple different ways to do it. And the, the people can be very involved in this, and the states can be very involved in this. So you know, if, if there's something that, 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 that there's an overwhelming uh, support in the country to change, it, it can be done. It's there. And maybe people don't even realize, but talk about that citizen input. I mean, if if you want, uh, if there's a need for a change to the Constitution, as you said, it it uh, filters down to the states, and and residents have the opportunity to speak up and be a part of it. Uh, can you just define a little bit about how that happens? I know I know we've got examples with 18th and 21st, and kind of walk us through that, how that all took place as well. Well, I think ultimately the citizen always has the right through voting to express their point of view and make sure that they have elected officials that are expressing their point of view. And even if they don't, they, have a, they still have a right to, you know, to, to contact that representative. So whichever process you're starting with, let's say it's, a, um, it's done through a ratification process in the federal government, well, the, the, the legislators are still responsive to 
citizens and their points of view. So, you know, mm-hmm. they, they calculate in different ways what a letter means, what an email means, what a phone call means, how many people that represents, other than the person calling, right? They know that mm-hmm. it represents mm-hmm. a certain amount of people in that district to feel that way. So they're responsive to the, ta- to the um, uh, voter. But also, if it's, say it's done through a state process where there's a, a constitutional convention and, and the states will be involved in the ratification process, the state legislatures are closer to the population than the federal government. So presumably the same thing. Citizens can get involved. They can get behind efforts. They can draft support for the efforts and get people out and support it. So it's one of those things that they, uh, citizen input is very important. And, and the process of drafting and approving an amendment to the Constitution, it, you know, on one hand, we have a right to do that. We have the opportunity. Um, it, it's uh, part of uh, central to the document, but it's also not an easy process. But as you said, I think the founding fathers sort of did that by design. They they want the opportunity, but they don't want it to be frivolous. They don't like wide sweeping, fast changes. If you notice, they set up different different uh, um, uh, provisions. So such as elected uh, uh, representatives nationally, president serves for four years, senate serves six years. So it's less likely to be responsive in the Senate. But the House, they switch over every two years, the full House. Um, so they're very responsive to the electorate. And that's where the change kind of was meant to be, you know, more the change mm-hmm. to be reflected at the House. On the Senate level, that takes a little bit longer there. So the process is supposed to take time. Um, so there's no fast changes. You know, that these are important decisions that need to be thoroughly, you know, thought out. And, and, and contemplate it before there's a, there's a, uh, a permanent change, such as a, an amendment to the Constitution. So the process may be seeming seem a little laborious, but it's that way for a reason. So you don't have fast changes that the, you know, when an amendment is proposed, that it's that it's uh, well thought out. And before I let you go here, about a minute or so left. But ultimately, once something is you know in the Constitution, it, it then is open to debate. I mean, and people like you and your peers. Um, over the years, we'll, we'll sort of argue the point, what the intention was, and it, in that regard, between the, you know, the judicial system and courts and trials, it, it sort of changes and evolves and takes different meaning as, as it's tried in different ways, and, and that's part of the process that you're, you're involved in. Absolutely, that the, and, and the courts interpret the Constitution, um, and different uh, legislative uh, provisions as well. Any, any law could, could be interpreted. Um, and so that's what judges look at, trying to faithfully um, implement the laws. But there's always arguments uh, from prosecutors or defense attorneys what certain constitutional provisions mean, and they'll ask for certain relief you know, based on that. So it's, an, yeah. it's, a, it's a process where you, there's advocates on either side, and it's, 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 um, you know, the conflict is resolved in the courts where it should be, not in the streets. Well, uh, I'm not sure we resolved anything today, but I uh, just uh, really enjoyed the opportunity to talk about it. We, we reference it so often. So, James Dorr, thanks for being with us and sharing some information on the United States Constitution. We've got some great topics lined up as we turn the calendar for 2020. Look forward to having you join us for future editions of Liberty and the Law. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We will talk to you soon. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.